2: If we ain't all free, ain't
3: none of us free. You're listening to Alabama's only union talk radio show, The Valley Labor Report, with Adam Keller and Jacob Morrison.
0: Hello, Tennessee Valley and the world. You are listening to The Valley Labor Report. My name is Jacob Morrison, here with my co-host and fellow agitator, Adam Keller, and we are broadcasting live online and not on the radio for now from the heart of the Tennessee Valley, the Spice Radio Studio in Huntsville, Alabama. Today, we are live for 32 hours, and we have so many guests. We're really excited to talk to you, and we are doing this to raise money for striking workers, um, Adam, I don't know if you're hearing this, but it feels like my, like I my, my the 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 volume is closer to the top, and I'm like breaking uh, at uh, at the at the top of the volume scale. I don't know if if you're hearing that, Ben, or if maybe if that's just in my earphones, but uh, that's what we're up to today. And just a really quick note at the top, uh, I really appreciate everybody sending super chats right now, and we will. Donate all of those super chats to the strike funds, but just as a PSA the uh, The super chats Go through YouTube and so it takes us like a month to get the super chats, additionally, the super chats uh, YouTube takes like 30, 40, 50 percent of the super chats. I'm not totally sure because we haven't really, you know, we don't really make enough money on YouTube to really, you know, check uh, super closely how much uh, uh, how much they they take. So instead, if you'd like to donate, I would encourage you to donate at tvlr.fm/slash strike fundraiser. That's TVLR.fm/slash-strike-fundraiser, and if you do that, then uh, much, much, much more of your donation will go towards the striking workers. Uh, and additionally. We use a union, uh, unionized payment processing service, Unionly, unionly.io. Uh, if any of y'all are, uh, you know, secretaries or treasurers for organizations that uh, have use for online payment processing services, I would recommend them. They're very good. Uh, they're always, uh, they're, they're very good to us. And um, yeah, so that is, that's my recommendation. As opposed to Super Chats, tvlr.fm slash strike fundraiser. Um, so yeah, so here's what, here's what, uh, the plan is right now. I'm going to go through a little bit, give you, give you a little bit of a, of an idea of, of what's going on, uh, what the struggles are about. And then we're going to be immediately jumping into the interviews first up with, uh, members and officers of the BCTGM union uh, one of the unions that we're going to be raising money for. So, uh, so yeah, really appreciate I, and in the chat, I'm seeing, uh, lots of people saying, uh, lots of people saying that Bo sent them really appreciate that. Uh, a few people saying that Bo has conscripted them for the entirety of the 32 hour live stream. Uh, highly encourage that as well. Uh, staying for all 32 hours, uh, really (laughs) looking forward to getting to know y'all as the day, uh, progresses. And like I said, we've got a uh, we've got a lot of uh, we got a lot of really cool we got a lot of really cool uh, people coming on. So here we go. The Bakery Confectionery Tobacco Workers and Grain Millers International Union (BCTGM) Local 390G members in Memphis, Tennessee, manufacture soy protein for Nestle, Nestle Purina, Abbott. At kind Bars, and other companies to make baby formula, pet food, nutritional powder, and beverages. They've been on strike since June against the company International Flavors and Fragrances, IFF. And while they, like every other worker in the country, are facing record-breaking inflation, the company has come to the table asking for concessions, including removing certain overtime protections, taking away paid breaks, and more. Uh, At the start of the strike, the international president of BCTGM, President Anthony Shelton, issued the following statement in support of the striking union members. The BCTGM International Union stands in unwavering solidarity with our courageous brothers and sisters who are on strike against IFF. Workers have been working under the terms of their expired contract for over a year. And that's important for those of y'all that don't know how union negotiations work or whatever, because that means... That they have been trying to come to an agreement for much longer than a year without striking. So one of the so uh, uh, union contracts are negotiated for certain periods of time. They are time limited. so they'll be three years, four years, five years, maybe two years. And before the contract expiration, the idea is that you're going to meet, you know, two, three, four, five months beforehand and start negotiating for the next contract. And so these sisters and brothers have been negotiating in such good faith that they have been working as they are negotiating this contract under an expired contract for over a year because they didn't want to have to strike, right? So, uh, uh, (laughs) you know, the idea that these, these people are, you know, uh, uh, trigger happy, you know, going on strike, that kind of stuff, it just does not match reality. IFF, a $12 billion company, is making these demands without regard. Uh, for the well-being of the hardworking. This is back to the President Anthony Shelton's statement. Without regard for the well-being of hardworking men and women who make the product that is supplied to global giants like Nestle and Abbott Manufacturing, among others, we are proud of our members at IFF for taking a strong stand against this company's greed, and we will support them for as long as it takes to force the company to to negotiate a fair contract that rewards them for their hard work and dedication and protects their future. If you're in and around Memphis, you can join the picket line or drop off food, drinks, and supplies uh, at the picket setup outside of the workplace at 4272 South Mendenhall Hall Road, Memphis, Tennessee. Additionally, UAW members at Mack Trucks, and so those are that's the first group of workers that we're raising money for. And the second group is UAW members at Mack Trucks in Florida. They have now been on strike for over a month, seeking to eliminate tears, acquire real wage gains and more. And the UAW has produced a sleek video about that struggle. Um, And Adam, if you can pull up the show notes, doc, I've got a link to that video there and uh, you can go to the uh, uh the react scene. If if is that something that we can do really quick or do we want to watch that video maybe later?
1: <clears throat> I'll say let's come back to it. Yeah, let me okay. let me get it all set up for you.
0: So we'll watch that video from the UAW here in a second. And uh, uh, yeah, so th- those are the groups of workers that we're raising money for. To raise money for them, like I said, we're going to be streaming for 32 hours. We have a huge array of guests, including Hamilton Nolan, Sam Cedar, Kim Kelly, Mike Figueredo, Barry Eidland, David Griscom, Alex Press, Ben Burgess, Trey Crowder, Corey Forrester, my wife, Mel Bure, uh, not Mel Bure not my wife, my wife, Ryan, and then (laughs) Melbier, Dan Osborne, Chris Townsend, John Dunn, Bashkar Sankara, Mark Givart, Will Tucker, uh, Max Alvarez, Drew Morgan, DJ Lewis, and Miley Flanagan, the voice of the English voice of Naruto. So uh, it's going to be a going to be a good time, going to be a good time. Um, And with that, let's go ahead and take our first break. And we're going to be right back with members and officers of the Bakery, Confectionery, Tobacco Workers, and Grain Millers International Union. And let's go to that, um, that uh, animation that Charles did with his voice.
3: Tennessee Valley Labor Report will be streaming for 32 hours this weekend to raise money for strike funds in Memphis and Florida. Beginning Friday, November 10th at 9.38. Central Time through Saturday, November 11th at 5.30pm on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. The Tennessee Valley Labor Report will have guests throughout the stream including the same. Cedar, host of the Majority Report, Bascar Sankara, president of the, Na- the Nation Magazine, Kim Kelly, author and freelance labor reporter, and Maximilian Alvarez, editor-in-chief of the Real News Network. Call in live or leave a voicemail at 844-899-TVLR or eight We'll have a link below where you can donate, tune in, support some fellow workers striking for a fair contract. Thanks for listening. If you care, please do share. It's not a secret that labor creates all wealth anymore. We gotta support one another. Also, if you're a night owl like me or uh, I'm sure there's lots of folks out there who can't sleep very well, you can tune in real late and call in and you'll probably be able to join the stream and maybe talk about your job or talk about your boss, can share stories. All workers are connected. This is a good way to show solidarity. So tune in this weekend from Friday, November 10th. a.m. Central Time through Saturday, November 11th at 5.30 p.m. on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. Thanks for
0: listening. All right, folks, we are back, and I believe that we've got on the line some folks from the Bakery, confectionery, Tobacco Workers, and Grain Millers International Union. Um, I do not see who we have on the line, but I know we're going to have Cedric Wilson, the president of the local union in Memphis. And who else do we have on the Zoom, Adam?
1: Uh, looks like we have uh, Zachary Townsend, as well as Daryl Copeland
0: zachary townsend and daryl copeland uh daryl i believe is a uh is one of the strikers up there in memphis and uh, zach townsend is the southern region vp so um we'll go uh and and is that right did i get that right y'all yes so,
2: sir, i'm the southern region vice president
4: and i'm daryl copeland an international representative for the uh workers at 390g
0: International representative. Sorry about that. Uh, Really appreciate all of y'all taking the time to join us. And so, um, you know, like Cedric has informed y'all, we are doing this to, you know, raise money for your members over there in Memphis. And um, one of the things that we like to do when we talk to uh, union members, particularly from the South, is, you know, we like to get some, uh, like to get some biographical information and, um, you know, as it relates to being a a union member, union activist, union organizer, in the South, and and we can start with with you, uh, Zachary, if you don't mind. Uh, haven't had you on the program before. Can you talk to us a little bit about you know your your background and and what got you into uh, into the Union?
2: Well, I I am originally from North Carolina. Um, I'm, I'm I was a worker out of Sunoco Products and. Forest Park, Georgia. I was there for 23 years. I was, I started out as uh, a chief steward, and um, I moved from there to uh, being on the board, and um, and then I went into being the vice president, went into the president, and then to international rep um, position. Um, After that, um, I was um, international rep, and then went to the the VP position, but uh, it it was all about, it was all about people. It was all about helping the people that was um, not able to really help themselves in in a time that they most needed it. So it, it was just, um, it's always been about uh, the people and uh, trying to do better for anybody that's uh, that doesn't have the voice to, to do that and say that. It's always, that's, that's how it started for me.
0: North Carolina, I believe, is the state with the lowest union density in the country. What was it like coming up in North Carolina? I didn't I didn't realize that, that that's where you were from uh, coming up in North Carolina and and being a, a union worker and then, a, you know, a representative there.
2: Well, it, it was it was a tough situation. I, I'm I'm from North Carolina. I actually moved to Georgia probably 30 years ago, but mm. it, it was still the Deep South. And right. when you talk about the Deep South, whether you're in North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, um, it's a tough situation um, for white right to work state. Um, they they want to take away um, a lot of the things that they offer in in states that's, that's up north. And, and it's just a whole different situation. Um, the demographics make a difference mm. um for a lot of in a lot of situations in the South in North Carolina, South Carolina um it was it was really it was really hard because people are so afraid um in the South because we just don't have as you said before we just don't have a lot of um a union mentality there like you right. do like you have in the north. it's just it's a lot harder thing to organize in the south um, because it's it's scary for most people. When you get a decent job where you but they feel that they're making you know a decent wage, they don't want to really rock the boat. They don't want, they don't want to really push for things that that's that's important to most people that know about unions. And we're trying to change that in the South. We're trying to change that because now we we are really finding ourselves falling back even further than we than we were years and years ago companies mm. are coming off the things that we that we didn't have to fight for because right. it was a good job now they want to take away to increase their profits and and increase their greed so it's just harder it's harder in the south um and but it's just something we're going to have to really push and hopefully the younger people will really see what was, what's happening to them. And, and they'll see that this is a necessary fight, that we're going to have to do this, or the younger people coming behind them, it's going to be a terrible mm. thing for them in the future.
0: Absolutely. That, that's, yeah, the, no argument here. That. That's completely right. And, you know, there. there's definitely reason to hope. You know, there, I've, I'm sure that you've seen the polls just like everybody that, uh, you, you know, unions have record high approval rating and among under 30, their uh, unions have an 88 percent approval rating. So we've got to turn that uh, passive approval into, you know, active organization. That's kind of the that's the task before us. Uh, Daryl, what about you? Can you talk to us some about about your background?
4: Yes, so I started off at uh, Mondelez, which is formerly Nabisco Hmm. uh, in Atlanta, Georgia. So I worked in that plant for 10 years uh, before I actually transitioned uh, to the local level. So when I was at Nabisco, I was actually a packing operator. So uh, I'm familiar with the industry, the bakery industry. Um, So, and I was a steward as well. So my goal was to help people. I was organizing events, basketball games, softball games and i went over to the local level started learning a little bit more about the union as well Mm. and that's what really got me and i actually worked up under uh vp townsend um he trained me i did a lot of work up under him you know from from the local level i was a a organizer at the local level and then moved to the international level as a organizer and now international representative so i cover um you know, the southern region, you know, Georgia, Florida, all the southern states, uh, Tennessee. So that's that's my background. Um, I'm all about helping people, making sure we can do everything and fight the good fight. You know, like I said, I was a union I was a union rep um, in the plant and I was also a union member. So I know what it is to see uh supervisors not treat people right. Uh so I wanna make sure I can do everything I can to fight for the workers.
0: Just for my own edification, you mentioned that you cover, you know, the, the entirety of the South. I am, uh, you know, not only do I do a union radio program here, I'm a union member here in Alabama, and I'm a, um, an officer of the Labor Council in North Alabama. Do y'all have any locals in Alabama?
4: So right now, uh, we we don't have any locals in Alabama. We had a shop in Alabama years ago, but uh, right now, I don't think we have any in Alabama. Is that right, Zach. Yeah, he's no, nah, not right now.
0: All right. Well, uh, if you ever need if, if y'all are uh, uh, if y'all ever work to change that, uh, holler at us and we'll do what we can. Um, oh, yeah. so, <laughs> uh, Cedric, uh, you've been on the program before at least once. Uh, you recently talked to Lonnie Lee Hood for an article in the Tennessee Lookout. Um, and yeah. uh, but before we go into, you know, the specifics of, of the uh, uh, the situation, the strike today, uh, can you talk to us a little yeah. bit about your background? And, and what you know activated you to, to want to become somebody that, that's you know running for union office and and doing things um uh you know on behalf of your members and, and being an active active union member.
5: Yeah. Uh well I, I started uh one of my first major jobs, uh, get coming out of college and high school, whatever, where uh set a place in Mississippi where um it was just a big shipping company, shipping and receiving company where you know, one of the biggest moments I had there was that they acquired a new company that got billions and billions of dollars of new product. And, you know, a lot of us workers were asking, well, what about us? What are we going to get? And the, the uh, plant manager told us, well, you're already getting a living wage. Well, at the time, I was making 12 bucks an hour. <laughs> so I'm like, living, living where? You know? Right. So at, at that point, you know, you know, a lot of those companies, they, when you start there, they tell you how bad unions are. And, how much money you got to pay to be in one. And when I heard that, and it, at that point, I knew unions were necessary. So when I, I left that job and got the job here, yeah, I am here, here now. And uh, I've actually had family that's uh, been uh, union officers. So it's kind of an easy process for me.
0: There you go. There you go. I've got one more question and then we'll start talking about the strike. Um, Back to Townsend. uh, You know, you mentioned that you moved to Georgia 30 years ago and and you um, were from South Carolina, a union member in South Carolina. Um, I'm sure 30 years plus in the labor movement, you've got... uh, an inordinate amount of stories, I know talking to a bunch of folks that uh, you know, even if you've been doing union work for about a year, you're gonna have a couple of stories. Is, are, is there anything that that comes to your mind uh, immediately that that you think would be um, something that the audience would enjoy hearing, or something that you know illustrates the the power of of a union uh, that that you'd be able to share?
2: Well, I I love I love organizing. And, um, I, I can tell you one of the the most gratifying um times of my uh, career is when we were in Dothan, Alabama, hmm. and there was a peanut plant in dothan, Alabama, uh, golden peanut that um you know we were we were there, and they called us, and it was it was probably probably ten years ago. they called us, and they, they told us that they felt like um, they were treated like they were on a plantation. Mm -hmm. And these, these weren't just young workers. These were workers that were um, some, some of most of them over 55 years old, but this is the only life that they had, that they had known, but they stepped out and they took a chance on us and they called us. And this was a one-year process, and they, and we went down there, and and to my surprise, I saw some things there in Alabama that I really couldn't believe. It was it was it was things that was happening to these people at this plant, and it it, it would it would automatically for most people make them feel that they would want to have a union and they would want to have a voice in a workplace. Uh, but but in this these people's mind, they, even though they were only making, some of them $12 an hour, some of them $17 an hour, um, they thought this was the greatest thing that they'd ever been mm-hmm. a part of because that was their whole livelihood. And once we got in there and, and, and found out some of the things and asked for, um, we had informational requests for these people. We found that some of the people that had been there 30 years was making 5 and $6 less than people walking in the door. Wow. Um, Some people were in there that uh, they would walk into the office and they couldn't go to the office bathrooms. They had to walk three blocks to a bathroom. I mean, simple things like that that I couldn't believe was still going on in this day and time was so gratifying to to actually have these people um come and and organize and and I can tell you once we did we had the vote they they had us not go to a to the place that they always meet for the employees they wanted us to walk almost 3 quarters of a mile away from there just so they can walk and they mm-hmm. told the people, if you wanted to do it, they want we want you to walk over there so we can mm-hmm. see who you are. Because they knew that they were so afraid that they may not do that. But it was so gratifying to watch those people, young and old, leave from their 20-minute lunch breaks to go over to this place that was three blocks away to vote. And I'm telling you, um, we had that vote. We won that vote. And those people stood in circles, held hands and prayed and cried because they couldn't believe themselves that they had taken this step. But that's probably the most gratifying and rewarding thing that I've experienced, uh, watching those people take control of uh, their livelihoods.
0: That's awesome. I really appreciate that. And that's why that's why I, I like to ask those open-ended questions from folks who have been doing it for a while. There's always there's always a lot of good stuff. Um so Cedric, uh we're here today because y'all been on strike now for, since June. Since June. Yeah. So going on uh we're, we're over 5 months. Won't be long before we're at 6 months. And y'all had been working under an expired contract for a year. So y'all are, uh, been bargaining this contract for like two years. Is that right? Yes, sir. Pretty much. (laughs) That's that is wild. So talk to us about the, what are the sticking points right now?
5: Yeah. So like, like I said, you know, we, we haven't even really gotten to what we want as far Mm -hmm. as negotiations. I mean, most of it is just takeaways. You know, uh, one of them being after eight overtime, um, The the next biggest one being a 30-day notice on benefits and and paid breaks. So those those three things that you know right now we have a year notice on benefits, so they can wait a year and take things away or add. Um, So it's it's just things that we already you know. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I I just want to 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 you know uh, expand a, a little bit so folks understand. Folks understand that the law is that if you work over 40 hours in a week. You have to get time and a half. Well, a lot of unions have put it in their contract to try to protect, you know, the sanctity of the eight-hour day, right? Not just the 40-hour week, but the eight-hour day. A lot of unions have put it in their contract that, You know, you're going to and they'll call it different things. You're going to have to pay a premium for us to work over eight hours or you'll have to pay a penalty for to for work over eight hours. Whatever it is, the effect is the same. And that is if you work over eight hours in one day, doesn't matter how many hours you work in a week. But in one day, if you go over eight hours, that ninth hour is time and a half. And that's what these workers had in their contract. And that is one of the things that the company has come to the table to try to take away. Again, you know, amid all this record inflation, they're a profitable company and they're coming asking for concessions. And the other thing that you mentioned was the benefits. The, they want to go from being able to change benefits, benefit plans, with a year's notice to a 30 day notice within the contract. So these are, you know, really absolutely wild things. I just wanted folks to understand. I just wanted to fo- folks to understand the the significance of these concessions that they're asking for. Uh, back to you.
5: Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I wanted to reiterate, you know, you, know, you kind of put it very elegantly yourself, but uh, the, the overtime after eight is not about the money. It's about more about the time, you know, right. Because, you know, at the end of the day, if you want us to work 40 hours a week, and send us home nobody would argue but if you want me to stay over I should be mm-hmm. compensated and it's just that simple you know I I would love to be around my family you know I got two right. sons that play sports I, I got a wife that has a lot of activities going on I like to spend time with them and go to church with them and do things with them you know you want to send me home hey fine I'll go home gracefully. Mm-hmm. but if you're gonna make me stay again I should be compensated that's simple. And, and, and you know even at other places that don't have after, overtime after eight, there's something else, you know. For example, uh, premium pay on weekends. We don't have that, you mm-hmm. know. I know some companies they have free insurance. Uh, some companies right. make a lot more money, you know. It's it's always something else to replace that, and we currently don't have that, so we're fighting to keep. Right.
0: Yeah. Those. I mean, those are really really important. Uh, and I I noticed that um, <laughs> when when the Tennessee Lookout. And maybe I can just find this um, find this article and pull it up. But when the Tennessee Lookout wrote this article, when Lonnie wrote the article, um, the company responded with uh, you know something like, "Y'all are saying misinformation about overtime, and we have always committed to doing overtime after forty hours." And it's like that's the, you know that's the law. Like you can't not do that. Actually, <laughs> right. And it, so it's just know, it it's. It, it.
5: It's actually a tactic they use throughout the uh, negotiations that they're pretending that they're offering something new. Right. Uh, for example, they, they try to say, Hey, you know, they'll, they'll put a statement out saying we're offering extensive coverage as far as healthcare benefits. And when you look at it, it's things that we already have. Right. It's just <laughs> I, named differently.
0: Yeah. It's, um, it really is, uh, uh, we have yeah here it is we have implemented our proposal offering overtime pay we're offering overtime pay it's like no guys you have to do it you don't have a choice you got to do overtime pay that it's wild the things that these companies will just will just say <laughs> without any uh without any sort of you know compunction or, or guilt or shame or anything like that but um Uh, but yeah, so, so, um, and, and, and like you said, those are just the concessions and y'all haven't even really been able to, to get to, you know, things that your members would like to have to, to try to work, to improve the workplace.
5: Right. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, a lot of the proposals that we had is like you said, improve the workplace. It doesn't really Mm. change our lives one way or another. It actually makes things easier for example, training department, Mm. you know, um, we wanted to make it easier for people to bid on jobs, you know, people to know more information about the job they're bidding They okay? just couldn't come to an agreement on that. We couldn't even agree on changing names in the contract. Yeah. Because of the recent uh, you know, acquiring of IFL.
0: And so y'all have been on strike now since June. Um, how are your members uh how are your member how are your members doing on the line?
5: i think most of us are doing okay you know um, yeah that's i think the thing that motivates us is anger you know the, the, yeah. the feeling of being disrespected you know right. and it keeps us going you know you know no matter how hard things get at home or what kind of trouble you're in financially uh um medically or anything like that you know the anger towards how we're being treated because again we got people who are 20 30 myself i'm a mm. 10 year vet 20 30 even 40 year vets that you know have been loyal to this place and have given their lives to this place and then all of a sudden some new guy that's been there for two years tell you you ain't worth a damn.
0: right the new guy being the management right right yeah uh it's just really really uh sad state of affairs and so what about the uh the community support how how much of that have y'all been seeing
5: Oh, the community has been awesome. I mean, I, especially uh, the Congress, uh, Congressman, and the uh, state reps. Uh, Justin Pearson has been out there. Uh, a lot of the uh, mayors, the mayor can mayor candidates, that's been out there. They've been out there supporting. Um, we actually had a, a big time dinner. I want to spend a special shout out to Mayor Lee Harris in Shelby County. He he came out and gave us a big dinner out on the line and to get a good news conference to get us some publicity there. Uh, So, yeah, I just definitely want to thank those guys, especially the uh, Mm AFL-CIO locally here, Uh, specifically Kevin Bradshaw and Satrita Baker. Um, They've been very vital uh, for some of the, you know, support that we've been getting.
0: That's awesome. That's great to hear. And if uh, um, and, you know, if any of them are, I don't know how close in contact y'all are with them, but if they'd like to call in and talk about, you know, why they are supporting y'all, uh, we've definitely got some time um, and we can make some time. So uh, it, for for y'all, you know, Townsend and and, and Copeland, how, uh, you know, what has this been like, um, having to, you know, try to negotiate with this kind of obstinate, <laughs> really obstinate company?
2: Um. Well, for me, it's 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 um, it's been a difficult thing for me. But I I hate seeing, um, what it's doing to uh, the employees there. That that's, that's given so much to this company. And, and love what they do. And they want to just ask for the simple things that people on regular jobs get and have. So it's hard. It's hard for me to see these people go through the struggles of, of just life and just wanting basic health care, wanting basic things for their kids, being able to just pay for college and just pay for daycare and, and food and worried about Christmas and It's hard for me to to see that what we have to really argue about and negotiate for um, with all that they've given to this company. I know that and I'll let Daryl speak for the things that's going on in the community because he's been great with all of the different activities to try to keep them uplifted um, and motivated. But. It's one of it's one of the hardest things, probably one of the longest runs that we've been through because um, they are so greedy mm. and and so disrespectful to these workers. I mean, it's it's it is difficult. Uh, Daryl, I guess you can you can you can speak on some of the things that we've been doing as far as community wise with um, uh, what we're doing to keep them motivated. You can speak on that, but yeah, it it is hard um, just because of the loyalty that. These people, Miss Effie, I, I I think of her older lady that's um on that line and dedicated to this company and talked about how she raised um people that's been there 20 years, how she raised them and they come on the line, strike line, and she said, Hey, that's one of my babies. I I taught them, you know, what they knew that I was here when they first got here. I taught them how to do this and what to do to make the line run, this and that. I mean, it's just it is it's a sad thing to see.
4: And and to kind of piggyback off of what Zach was saying, you know, seven months ago was the first time I met, uh, you know, really met and sat down and talked with uh, President Shipp, um Cedric. So and we met each other and we kind of talked a little bit. But once I got assigned on this campaign, um, it became personal, to me, personal to me to see, you know, the workers and talk to the workers and hear their stories. And you know, I walk the line with them and we do chants together and I know about their kids. Uh, so I want to do everything I can to make sure that we win this fight. So as far as the community engagement, we we uh actually did a rally a couple weeks ago, a joint rally with UAW uh mm-hmm. at Overtake Park in Memphis. And that was a great event. Like Cedric said, we had a lot of politicians that come came out. Uh, it was great community support. I think it was near 150 to 200 supporters out there at that event. So that was awesome. We also did rallies in front of the plant. You know, it's it's almost a uh, standing room only when we have the events. So everybody come out from the CWA to the UAW. Um, you have the Teamsters always come out and support us. So we getting the support from the unions and the CLC, Kevin Brad, Bradshaw, big shout out again, what he's doing. And also the international, the international has played a big role in making sure that they've been doing everything to do everything that we got to do to keep the fight going. President Shelton came to the line and made a statement to all the workers and said, hey, we're going to. Um, fight until the end. So it don't matter how long the fight is going to be, we're going to fight. So that's our job is to organize the unorganized and to keep the BCTGM going as much as we can. And we're going to support the workers. So uh, right now, what we got coming up on November 17th and the flyer will be coming out soon, we're going to have a job fair for the workers because it is getting close to the holidays. And I feel like the company job company is pushing to keep the workers out past the holidays, mm-hmm. you know, so they can, you know, feel the stress, of, right. you know, the financial stress. So, and we also having a, um, so it will be a job fair for the workers so they can find, you know, supplemental income while we still wait out and keep fighting. And also Christmas is coming up. So, uh, one of the workers actually created a GoFundMe and we're going to organize a huge toy drive for all the workers and their families for this Christmas. So I think that's going to be huge. And we got all the information that we can share with you guys so you can put it out there. Well, you know, we're going to be there for the the, the end of the fight. And the workers are going to win. said said He's a a great leader. Uh, He's a young man, but he's a great leader. And he's been doing everything to keep his people motivated and, you know, keep the morale going. And that's one of my jobs. I go to the line. I talk to the people. Like I said, I share my stories and they share their stories. And, you know, so...
0: Yeah, I've really appreciated what I've uh, Seen uh, from from Cedric myself, you know I'm I'm uh, a, a younger fellow, but uh, doing the radio, I've been able to talk to a lot of folks, and um and and so I've really appreciated you know the leadership uh, from him and the uh, the enthusiasm and the commitment that that you know is is really easy to see. Um and you know you mentioned the uh, the toy drive that y'all are gonna have. Hopefully uh, we're gonna have a pretty good bit of money that that y'all can decide kind of what you want to do with it, uh, whether you want to put that towards your toy drive or not. And on that, uh, just to, uh, keep folks in the loop, we have already raised about $1,400, uh, $1,400 right now on our, um, uh, tvlr.fm slash strike fundraiser is where you can donate. After the stream is over, we will be getting with the, uh, the individual unions and, uh, getting some of their bank information to disperse that payment. Um, Currently, we have a first goal of $5,000, and we are hoping to significantly break that. Last time we did this, we were able to raise $70,000 for the striking coal miners in Brookwood, Alabama Uh, two years ago. So I would love to be able to match that or something, you know, something close to it would be really great. Uh, But personally, my internal goal is uh, something like $10,000 is what I would really like to be able to do. Um, So you can buy a a pretty good bit of toys with that. So um, so hopefully we'll be able to get a good haul for you. And uh, for the folks that are listening on YouTube, TVLR.fm slash strike fundraiser is a better way to donate. Uh, People have been sending in super chats and uh, we will be donating all of the super chat uh, that we get during the stream to the strike funds but YouTube takes 30 40 50 percent I'm not sure uh, but YouTube takes a lot of the money that you send through a super chat and um, so much more of the money go uh, uh, is not taken by a third party you know whatever if you go through tvlr.fm strike fundraiser Um So uh, and and I've also I'm also really happy to hear that y'all have gotten so much support from, you know, the local elected officials. That is that is absolutely much different than we saw with the the coal miners here in alabama um even among the democrats which was just shocking to me um it seems like y'all's democratic politicians up in tennessee um whatever people's other criticisms of of them may or may not be uh they are interested in you know supporting y'all on strike and bringing attention to, uh, your struggle and, and, and that kind of stuff. And, and that is, that is really, really great to see. We did not, uh, I have not seen anywhere near that amount of, you know, proactive support for labor from Democrats in Alabama. Um, so I, I was, I was really happy to hear that. Uh, yeah. Uh, well,
5: it was, it was, uh... It's one of those things, man, you know, around here, there's been a lot of strikes going on, a lot of uh, workers' movements going on. And I think they see that, and I think they see the opportunity to, you know, I don't want to say cash in. It's kind of a messed up statement. But, you know, we are the constituents. Right. And we are, you know, I I, I told one politician one time, like, hey, man, I got 150 members locally. That could kill you. Right. So you need to get out here and see what's going on with us. You Mm -hmm. know, and then we've got a great response based on it. That's absolutely.
0: Awesome. Yeah. That, that, that's really, really great to hear. Um, Cedric, can you talk to us some about the working conditions that y'all, you know, you kind of, you alluded to it a little bit, but you know, not only do y'all regularly have to work over eight hours in a day, but y'all also, uh, have had to work, you know, more than 40 hours in a, in a week, right?
5: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, you know, there's some folks out there that have worked up was, was 72 hours a week, you know, mm. um, Lately, uh, the last few years or so, we've had, uh, especially during COVID, we had a shortage in hiring. So that, you know, it's one of those things, the way way our job is set up. Most of us are not replaceable. You know, uh, our schedule is like four persons per four people per area. Um, so if I were to call in, the only way we can cover is the person who's in on first shift, like say I'm on second shift, person's on first shift has to stay over, person's on third shift has to come in early. And there's only one other person at home that's capable. You know, if he doesn't ask the phone, you could be working 16. So that happens a lot, you know. And one of the things that happens as a result of that is, you know, some of the supervisors they become complacent with you being there, so that they don't even try to call you really. You know? So you just get stuck working at 16. And that happens a lot, you know. We do have language in our contract that prevents you from working more than three of those in, in a row. But you know, working three sixteens in a row, pretty common. Right.
0: Yeah, that's uh, just just awful uh really (laughs) i i have only had to do that once in my life and um not interested in doing it again uh i went down uh to support recovery efforts uh in new orleans after hurricane ida uh did seven twelves for about a month um that's for the birds it's not fun (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah twelves is like normal (laughs) yeah yeah uh not fun and 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 so because y'all do that i mean that's a huge sacrifice like people just don't think about you know, it, it's not understood enough. You know, time is really like the most valuable asset that you have. And so there's a lot of sacrifice to your physical health, your emotional health, uh, your mental health, and, and, you know, your, uh, th- the relationships that you have with your family, you know, being gone yeah. for that amount of time every week. It's just really, really, um, it's a huge sacrifice, and the idea that the company is is wanting to take away some of the uh, some of the premiums that they have to pay for that sacrifice is is really really disgusting. What kind of work do you actually do once you're in the factory?
5: Yeah, so what we do is uh, we extract soy protein from the soybean flake, um, but the main thing that we we have to do is prevent it from having any bacteria. So I'm a dry operator. So my main focus is to kill any micro, any uh, protein that we extract. Uh, we do that through uh, hot steam, uh, what they call a HACCPoint. Um We use, like I said, we use very hot steam, and upwards of uh, 300, 300 to 320 degrees to uh, kill all those micros, and we use uh, very hot towers to continue that process. So by the time it gets to the customer, you know, it's bacteria free. Uh, the main, the main, uh, bacteria that we fight against is salmonella being a hot
0: Yep. All right. Well, uh, that sounds, um, like not a whole lot of fun. So, so you just sounds like a tough job. Sounds Honestly. like a tough job. Tough job. It, yeah,
5: it is. Uh, a, it is a tough job, but you know, it's one of those things that we take pride in, right. Mm. You know, cause like I said, we got 20, 30, 40 year vets and they take pride in it. So, you know, last thing you want to see, you know, especially with us making infill and ensure is our elderly and our babies get sick, right? So it's one of those things that you have to take your time and learn and get good at, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. absolutely because you know the the products you're putting out, people are consuming, and you know, people's safety are on the line. And so, yeah, it's really important what you do. it's it's tough work. and, uh, yeah, I just wanted to say how much we appreciate all of y'all, for the fight that you're fighting. Uh, Appreciate all the folks who are tuning in this morning who have contributed already. You know, that's what solidarity is all about. It's about showing up for one another, supporting one another when we have a struggle. Uh, Even if it's not your struggle, you can see where it's connected and where working people are are fighting the good fight. We need to support them. And so, uh, you know, Cedric and, and all of you, I really appreciate, you know, your time this morning and all you're doing to fight for these members.
0: Adam, do you have any other questions it. for them?
1: I don't. Just that's all I wanted to say is just like, yeah, I really appreciate it. Uh we're sending our love and solidarity from North Alabama. We we're, we're looking forward to raising, you know, as much money as we can over the next 31 and a half hours or so. <laughs> uh and and look forward to uh helping out this Christmas uh with with your rank and File members for sure.
0: Yep. Is there a- anything yeah, else it. that that any of y'all would like to would like to say before we let you go?
2: Yes, I, I would I would like to just thank you guys for for your support again from the BCTGM International, because this right here is what brings about attention nationally to this fight for the people that's um, fighting for the things that not only not only for them, but for what's going to happen in the future for other people, because we know the corporate greed is not going to stop. And they aren't going to stop going after the workers and taking away from the workers. And it's programs like this that we appreciate so much that brings about attention to the fight that's necessary. So I just want to thank you guys again from the International BCTGM for all that you do. Thanks again.
4: And um, yeah. And also, I want to. Um, I want to definitely. Um, Uh, my my wife lost her brother, Uh, he's a veteran, she lost her brother in Iraq or whatever. So I wanna definitely give a shout out to uh, to veterans, Uh, you know, praise to the veterans because companies like IFF, they don't respect uh, the veterans. We got veterans on the line and they don't respect the workers. So I wanna make sure, you know, the time that the workers have served and the veterans have served and the sacrifice they made and the freedoms, you know, and including the freedoms, um, the right to strike. You know, that's some of the that they fought for. So I wanted to make sure that I give a special shout out and praise to the veterans, you know, with it being Veterans Day tomorrow. Yeah.
5: I also want to throw something in there. Uh, uh, you know, the fight doesn't stop with us, right? You know, you, you mentioned something earlier about, you know, union participation being low in the South. Um, you know, if there's any, any, any jobs out there that's, Feeling, feeling down and feeling like they're being disrespected. You know, I know BCTGM, and I can speak from experience because they've been very supportive of our our cause uh, as far as international. You know, I, I I am 100% positive that they're willing to go to whatever job you have to try to help you organize because, you know, from what I'm going through here at IFF, it is a necessity. It is an absolute necessity to be unionized. You know, jobs aren't good without it. You know, most of my workers that have gone out and found other jobs and other things to do, they come back and they tell me, man, I, I see what it looks like not to have a union. And, and it's one of those things that I, you know, that I'm proud to be a part of BCTM. And, uh, you know, President Shelton and Zach here and David Woods, they've been very supportive. And, you know, to a few others, especially Daryl and, and Jason Thomas, man, they've been very supportive of us, very helpful, and I appreciate it, and I love them guys.
0: All right. Thank y'all, uh, for your time this morning. Really appreciate it. Um, would, uh, uh feel free to share the stream link around. We're going to be, uh, like I said, going to be going for about 32 hours and we are going to, uh, open up the phone lines every now and then. Uh, so if anybody, you know, any of your members from, uh, the strike, your striking local or, uh, you know, any other locals, they want to call in and chat and talk about, uh, uh, talk about unions or, or, really anything, you know, we got a lot of time to fill. So, uh, uh, so, uh, happy to talk to anybody that wants to chat. So, uh, really appreciate y'all's time. Keep up the good fight and uh, solidarity forever.
5: Thank you. All right. Thank you.
0: Yep. All right, folks. That was Zachary Townsend, Secretary Treasurer of the BCTGM International Union, Daryl Copeland, International Representative for BCTGM, and Cedric Wilson, President of the Local on Strike in Memphis, Tennessee, against international flavors and fragrances. Uh, They are soy protein manufacturing workers. Uh, The product that they produce then gets used as an ingredient in, uh, you know, uh, baby powder and uh, dog food and nutritional supplements and all that kind of stuff. And that's something else that Cedric has has talked to me about is that, you know, because they're not like, uh, you know, the UAW, they were on strike against these big you know, household name American companies, right? right? Everybody knows who what Ford is. Everybody knows what GM is. Everybody knows what Stellantis is. And so if you go on strike at Ford, or if you're doing these big negotiations with Ford, like that's news, people know about it because they know Ford and they want to know what's going on with Ford. Whereas, you know, for them, nobody knows international flavors and fragrances. What is that? Like a, like a, uh, an association of like perfume makers, what's going on there. Um, so, uh, and, and then on top of that, you know, they don't even create, they, they're not even the, 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 the makers of like a, a final product, right? They create an ingredient for final product, so it's not even like you know, Infamil. They're not on strike at Infamil, right? Even that would be a little bit more kind of attention grabby, uh, but they're not on strike against Infamil. They're on strike against the company, the company that creates one of the ingredients that goes in to Infamil. So you know. He said that he feels like that's kind of one of the problems, one of the issues that they've had, getting press attention and stuff like that. And so hopefully this will do something to, uh, uh, you know, Hopefully, we'll get a bit of news coverage uh, for them. With this, we have gotten uh, news coverage in Alabama political media. The Alabama political reporter Patrick Darrington, a staff writer for the Alabama political reporter, wrote about our fundraising stream. We appreciate that. He's a friend of the show. Very much. And uh, if anybody else wants to um, uh, wants to write about it, um, you can do an interview with us on the air. <laughs> Feel free to, to send us a message and and we can uh, you know you can interview us on the air and we'll talk to you about what's going on. So um uh so plenty of time to talk to folks. Um so next up on the docket we were going to be talking to uh UAW members and officers um from uh that are striking Mack trucks. But they have had some late breaking stuff come out and they're not going to be able to make it unfortunately um and it is kind of and and this and you know sending them solidarity and support and donations to this fundraiser I think will be uh hopefully a big moral boost to them because they are at a at a low ebb right now in the struggle against Mack Trucks uh because Mack Trucks has expressed an interest this was yesterday or the day before in um uh pl- uh planning to implement the agreement and say that they're at an impasse and implement the agreement and and not move from where they were before the members voted down the tentative agreement and uh and therefore voted to strike so Mac trucks, after a month of their workers being on strike, has not moved, um, and they are they're making moves towards contract implementation right now, uh, over the will of the membership. So they are having you know they're having informational meetings right now. They are having discussions and debates and uh, stuff like that. Uh, really hard you know really hard conversations about what do we do. What do we do now? Uh the company is saying that they're not gonna move. Um and so are we going to, you know, are we gonna stay out on strike and try to make them move? Or are we going to, you know, go back and accept what was on the table a month ago? Um, so obviously, like Sean Fain said, when they voted to go on strike, uh, the members are the highest authority in the union. It's gonna be up to them, but uh, Regardless of what happens, they're going to be out of at least a month of income. And so um, these funds will uh, certainly help them um, as, uh, you know, uh, and and hopefully some of the moral support will come through and, and make them feel better that there are folks across the country that are interested in supporting them and uh, want to see them win. So... Um, and uh speaking of that though uh, adam were you able to pull up that uh or or do we need to go to a break so that you can get that video up
1: let's go to a quick break so i can get that going yeah. uh because as regular listeners know we are not professionals <laughs> uh we are not uh That's media right. or radio professionals uh we're just a couple of union brothers who are really passionate about this and do this on the side uh as part of our you know solidarity outreach and you know and efforts and uh so yeah let's take a quick break let's get that set up so we can really lay out the story of the UAW Mack truck strike uh before we get into some other stuff
0: yep all right well let's uh let's do that we'll go to a break and we can go to that animation that Charles did uh of of me talking let's go to that sure talk radio program and podcast and you're listening to our marathon fundraising live stream to benefit members of BCTGM Local 390G on strike at IFF in Memphis, Tennessee, and members of the UAW in Florida on strike at Mack Trucks, and we'd love your support. Members of the Bakery, Confectionery, Tobacco Workers, and Grain Millers International Union, BCTGM Local 390G in Memphis, Tennessee, manufacture soy protein for Nestle, Nestle Purina, Abbott, Kind Bars, and other companies to make baby formula, pet food, nutritional powder, and beverages. They've been on strike since June against the company International Flavors and Fragrances, IFF. While they face record-breaking inflation, the company has come to the table asking for concessions, including removing certain overtime protections, taking away paid breaks, and more. UAW members working for Mack Trucks in Florida have now been on strike for over a month seeking to reinstate cola, eliminate tears, acquire real wage gains, and more. We're supporting their struggle by raising money for their strike funds with a 32-hour marathon live stream on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch starting Friday, November 10th at 9.30 a.m. Central Time through Saturday, November 11th at 5.30 p.m. Central Time. We will broadcast non-stop for 32 hours in honor of the historic fight for a 32-hour work week, a demand recently revived by the UAW in their epic fight against the Big Three automakers. We would love if you could support in one or more of the following ways. You could donate yourself to support the striking workers at tvlr.fm slash strike fundraiser. You could share with your social network. You could record a short video message in support of the striking workers and or in encouraging people to donate for us to play on the live stream. And you can call in live or leave a voicemail at 844-899-TVLR. That is 844-899-8857. We would appreciate your support in whatever form it takes, and we know that the workers will as well.